Welcome to the Humanity Matters Podcast, where we discuss and reflect on faith and philosophy, nonprofit leadership, and social issues. We want to engage with ideas on what it means to be a free human being in pursuit of human flourishing. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Humanity Matters Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Philip Fletcher, and I hope everybody is having a great start to their week. Man, another good full week uh, in 2020 here in Arkansas. You know, in the news, uh, Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away. Uh, so prayers for her family. Obviously, this has turned quickly into a political football. Uh, I would encourage everybody, break open the Constitution, read Article 2, Section 2, uh, Clause 2, and there you'll find the way ahead and what is supposed to happen. So let's try to wade through the political noise. You know, today I'm going to talk about race. You know, I've tried hard to really focus on other things, but I realize the two things um, I'm called to address my purposes is dealing, one, with poverty, and that manifests and is, is actualized in the work my nonprofit, the City of Hope Outreach. Go check that out, coho58.org. But secondly, I also understand uh, I have some level of responsibility to uh, observe and reflect and make comments about issues of race. Now, for me, I have the understanding And this is how I perceive there's only one human race. There's not multiple races, but there's one human race and we're made up of individuals. And these individuals uh, can be categorized in terms of ethnic groups. And these ethnic groups uh, obviously can be a result of physical traits, but also culture. Uh, some level of shared history, um, a geography. So there may be in a specific uh, boundaries, uh, what we would call a nation state, or they may be tribal. Um, thinking about Africa or uh, their original Americans, Native Americans, you know, in other places. But ultimately, I uh, always maintain that there's only one human race. So you won't hear me talk about, you know, the white race and the black race. You'll hear me talk about in categories that people understand that uh, there are men and women who, uh, who are physically, characteristically black. Okay, now that just may mean American black. That may not actually hold true in some other parts of the world. Uh, but you know, there's whites. Let me get more specific. I'm talking about white Americans, okay? But we could dig down deeper. Um, 
because in white Americans, you have those who have um, relationships, shared characteristics, uh, being Irish or British or Dutch, you know, but that takes them back to a country of origin. And you talk about black Americans, you know, who are we specifically talking about? Are we talking about those who are descendants of slaves, what you may hear called as uh, ADOS? Um, or are these persons who have immigrated here? You know, you think about Haitians or Jamaicans or uh, someone who hails from one of the nations in Africa and who has immigrated to the United States. And so, uh, whereas I try to drill down to deal with individuals, I also understand um, that right now we live in a world of categories, right? And, um, you know, as you hear me talk and, and things I'm writing about, I'm operating within those categories so that people can understand, but also know that I think it is vitally important to approach a person, a human being, as an individual, not judging them uh, because they have uh, characteristics uh, shared with other persons. Uh, so I think that is important. I want to drop you a thought coming from Thomas Chatterton Williams in his book, Self-Portrait in Black and White subtitled Unlearning Race. I encourage you to check him out. That's Thomas Chatterton Williams, Self-Portrait in Black and White, subtitled Unlearning Race. And he says this, and this is um, from page 131. And I quote, he's talking about uh, briefly in the context of the results of the 2016 election and obviously President Donald Trump being elected and how some perceive that as being a, a reaction to the previous president being elected, uh, former President Barack Obama. Um, I typically don't hold that perspective. I don't think it was just essentially a racial reaction. I think there's other things that were going on there. But nonetheless, he is uh, observing uh, from this perspective. And he says this, and I quote, but falling back into our narrow identities, even those forged by legitimate grievance and foisted upon us by the bigotry of others only delivers a further victory to the opponents of a healthy society. To shift this dismal paradigm, thinking people of goodwill across the political spectrum are going to have to find a new vocabulary to move beyond abstract racial categorization and reflexive tribalism. Merely declaring race a construct won't be enough." Close quote. So I appreciate that and really um, that's where I'm headed. Uh, I think it's just a natural consequence of uh, you know, me constantly offering that humanity matters. Uh, that somehow we have to press forward beyond racial categorization. Uh, again, echoing Dr. King from his I Have a Dream speech, um, 
that men and women would be judged not by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. And I believe that is vitally important that we seek to remember that, not lose hold of that, because uh, where we're sitting right now, uh, in light of all the things that have happened, you know, the context of President Donald Trump being elected, what happened in Minneapolis uh, with George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, and others, uh, but also remembering in the context of police interactions with American citizens um, that white men and women have experienced this. Latinos have experienced this. And so it is not a phenomenon that is unique, specific to men and women who uh, would be considered black in America but it is a phenomenon that is experienced across uh, various ethnic groups. And I think it's important to delve into that. And I know that's not popular, but nonetheless, um, if we want to see substantive change in relationship to the law enforcement and American citizens, then it is vitally important that we get as many people around the table to address this issue and to simply hold up that this is a experience unique to black men and women. And secondly, those who do not agree with that are uh, complicit in some form of uh, what's now been called systemic racism. Um, and I don't think it's helpful. And it doesn't move the ball forward. You know, uh, you know. Before we have color, we have being. We are human beings. Uh, we've been made in God's image and likeness, and uh, that is what makes each and every one of us beautiful. It's what makes each and every one of us magnificent unique, unrepeatable. It's beautiful. And I think it's important for us to remember before our physical characteristics are identified, before we are put into these different boxes that society seeks to put us in for a number of different reasons, it is vitally important to remember that before we have these physical characteristics before these are identified, we have being, we are existing. We are reflecting intelligence and creativity, wisdom, rationale, the capacity to do amazing things as human beings. We have this dignity, this agency. Why? Because we are human beings. Hey, we're going to pick this up after uh, the break as we hear a word from our sponsor. Hey, welcome back to the Humanity Matter podcast. This is your host, Dr. Philip Fletcher. Hey, do me a favor. Go to my website, philipfletcher.org, and you can keep up with updates. Just put your email in there. I won't spam you, I promise. 
Also go to my Facebook, Dr. Philip Fletcher, and like my page. Also check out my nonprofit, coho58.org, our construction initiative, Hope Village, hopevillagecoho.org, and also at the coho58.org if you want help starting a nonprofit or just leadership development, uh, check out Replicate. And you can find all of those also on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can find me on YouTube. Just put in Philip Fletcher and subscribe. Love to see you there and interact with you. So, wow, how can we move beyond racial construction? This is where I'm headed, you know? Something really hard to think through because it's kind of counter to, I think, what is commonplace. But I understand that as human beings, uh, we've been made in God's image and likeness and uh, we have being before we have anything else or before uh, we are broken up into these different categories on the basis of physical characteristics or on the basis of ethnicity or nationality or, or who or how we worship. Uh, we have being. We are human beings. And so what it, what does it look like to approach one another from that vantage point and then approach one another not from the perspective of looking at this individual as a representative of the group, but actually, <coughs> excuse me, looking at this individual as this individual. <coughs> you know, the difference between a human being and being human, I think there's very little daylight Excuse me. In my estimation. Again, we have the capacity to display what it means to be a human being in terms of love, in terms of forgiveness, in terms of offering mercy, in terms of being kind and generous, thoughtful, rational, and two human beings coming from two different vantage points, um, both of those human beings, where they may disagree on a host of different things, at the fundamental level, they're using the same reasoning skills, rationale, so on and so forth, because, you know, they love somebody or they have love for a group. I have love for a group. And so um, while we tend to focus on those differences, okay, uh, we can't forget what ties us together. But, you know, what's devastating is, you know, reflecting on 2020 and all that is happening. I feel as if we have lost the humanity in our opponents. Like, people have died. Like, mind-blowing. How does that justify? How does that honor like a George Floyd or Ahmaud Arbery or Breonna Taylor, or I have no idea. How does that advance the, the cause for uh, greater accountability and justice regarding the police? I have no idea. But what it has done is using race and then using the trauma and suffering that individuals have gone through 
that is being used as a means to continue to pit one individual against another and then pit one group against another. It's amazing. And I think it's, we need to take stock of who we are as individuals. We need to take stock of why we believe this thing that we believe. We need to take stock of what is our motivation. The other day I was, it was coming home and I live here in Conway, Arkansas. And the major, one of the major uh, corners is Dave Ward and Donaghy. Okay. That's near the major university here in town, UCA, University of Central Arkansas. Uh, but on the corner were these uh, young people, all right, physical, categorizing, all right, they were white, all right, um, they were standing out with signs, Black Lives Matter, and they were talking about the revolution, right? And that just signals off in my head, what are we going to replace what we have with? Why are you using the death of particular individuals, whether in Louisville or Minneapolis or down in Atlanta, so on and so forth, as a means to advance something else? Now, I got it. I understand if you look at the organization, the actual 501C organization, Black Lives Matter, uh, they have... Uh, a platform that is rooted in socialism, Marxism, excuse me, uh, echoes both Marx and Engels. Okay, they're pretty clear on the approach they're coming from. And I also understand that's different than the statement I'm sure many people are making in terms of, yes, black people matter. Got it. But I have to ask myself, why this word of revolution? And it really was driven home because one of the young persons was wearing the Faust mask. Now, if you've seen V for Vendetta, uh, and I encourage you to go watch that movie, what was interesting is, is the hero, if you will, of that movie, V for Vendetta, he was seeking to bring down the governmental system because the government had gotten too powerful and was doing all of this stuff. But the irony of it is, is that for Black Lives Matter, what they are wanting to do is actually expand government to be the agent to solve many of these problems as it relates to black men and women. So it's interesting that that young person out there yesterday was uh, embodying the Faust uh, character who wanted to bring down government, yet the organization that they are advancing actually wants more government. Needless to say, uh, it is a very sad thing when the trauma that has been experienced by an individual in a family uh, that has turned into protests and then those protests were used and taken advantage of, and then you had other groups come in to riot and loot, and then actually negatively impact businesses and employers who were black and in these low-income areas. 
Um, it's very, very disconcerting. And so here's that other thing. What does it mean to be a human being versus being human? Right? We can put on display the greatness of humanity. But we also are in this slow slide of the loss of our humanity. And we are on the slow slide to the loss of our humanity when we dehumanize and depersonalize an individual. We categorize them no longer as subjects, but we move them from subject to object. And I believe that is also what is happening is that the subject, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, so on and so forth, they have now been moved to object. That their lives are just simply being used to advance an agenda and they will have no honoring in their life or the same. So moving beyond these racial categorizations, I will simply ask you, don't treat me different because of my skin color. Two things can happen, pity or patronization. Pity, you make me feel as if my ability to be a human being cannot be actualized until you come in. But for patronization, it's dehumanizing me as well because once again, it puts me in the position that I cannot achieve nor carry out my human agency unless you are there to pick me up. And so echoing even the words of Frederick Douglass, when it was asked of him, what is it is supposed to be done for the Negro? He said, do nothing. Let him stand and fall on his own. And so before I'm a man, before any of these physical characteristics, before my nationality, I'm a man made in his image and likeness. You are a man. You are a woman made in his image and likeness. And if we could drive home and deal with that first, I begin, I believe that we can begin to move past these racial categorizations. Hey, thanks for joining me today. Again, check out my website, philofletcher.org, and I'll catch you next week. Take care. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Humanity Matters podcast. For more information, visit the website philipfletcher.org or send us an email at humanitymatterspodcast at gmail.com. And remember, as always, if we remember to live in hope, we can do the impossible. So be love, be kind, and be generous. <laughs>